Storymakers. I'm Angie Powers. I'm Elizabeth Stark. And, and this, this is Storymakers Show. And today on Storymakers, Elizabeth is going to surprise me with the topic. Isn't that fun? All right, but first, what are you working on, Angie Powers? Well, we just got into our first film festival. So very excited about that and going to do some work on, you know, getting the rest of the sort of site, all the marketing stuff I didn't do, I think I need to do. And then there's um, nothing like motivation. Having that deadline, right? So, you know, I'm going to be reaching out to some of the post-production folks and just making sure that we wrap up everything uh, in a nice bow for late August. Woohoo! So exciting. I just want to say there is a rhythm to being an artist or a writer that goes rejection, 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 acceptance. Rejection, 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 rejection. Acceptance. (laughs) And if you are not collecting rejections, guess what you're also not getting? Acceptance. (laughs) It's just, and you know what? I think I might have mentioned this. Like, I just, anyway, it's my goal to start collecting more rejections, which means I have to start submitting little things. Mm -hmm. And I'm so, like, intent on the big thing that it's hard to work on little things. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah. But yay, yay, yay. Congratulations. Thank you. So I got my notes. Yeah. I got 10 single-spaced pages of notes. That is so awesome. It was amazing. I I was reminded of me a little. <laughs> but it, it, made, it was really, it was like, here's everything that this thing needs kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, um but really what's kind of exciting is that none of it is like some big plot thing I have to figure out that that I have to like bang my head against a wall for a while until um until it cracks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Either the wall or my head, which is a lot of what like plotting can feel like. Right, right. So um yeah. so I'm just super happy again because now mm. I'm working on my book, which is the part I actually like. Right. So, but I, every time it's my turn, I'm like, okay, let me see how fast I can do this. Like, let me, it's like the fun part. It's like, it's like every time I, you know, you get an ice cream cone and you, you just tried to eat it as fast as you could. And then you're like, when's my next ice cream cone? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's here. Let me do it as fast as I can. But that's, there you go. There you, you go. go. What can you do? All right. So here's my, here's my topic that just seemed like I should just explain it to you live on air. Okay. So, and maybe I've already told you this, but. So, well, this part you know. So, um, way back in the day, I went to my sister, Nanu, and I said to her, I want to write a book. How should I write a book? And she said, let's look at how you do other things in your life. And so we did. And then out of that kind of the chaos of Mm. how I actually do things, she spun it in a very positive way and kind of created a plan for me that looked like what I do, except clearer. With no judgment. With clearer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that worked. I mean, that gave me a plan and I followed it. So you and I have talked about this and then, you know, and then, and then, um, and then Nenu and I also would teach this and we would use Julia Morgenstern. Yes. Not Cameron. Julia Morgenstern's Organizing from the Inside Out, a book about organizing. Oh my gosh. I just thought about her as being Julia Cameron Mitchell, who I think Cameron Mitchell is the person who did Hedwig and the Angry (laughs) Inch. So suddenly I just was like imagining this whole like And then there's like the photographer, Julia Margaret Cameron. Yeah. Or so, anyway, there's yes. I might have I to like, make a. I like. Do you think you do? 
think you've got a good mashup there. Oh, meme happening. <laughs> so, Organizing from the Inside Out by Julia Mor- or Julie Morgenstern, anyway, um, which is about actually organizing your physical space. And so we've taught a lot this idea. So I'm just going to do a short encapsulation of mm-hmm. that before I get to the new idea thing that happened. So, so the... So the way Morgenstern talks about it is, you know, the way people organize their house, as you well know, do you want to tell the story? Because you've heard me tell it so many times, is that, you know, say you come home and you drop your stuff by the door because you're just too tired to, like, deal with putting it away. And so the way most people organize their houses is they sort of create a spot, you know, in the closet down the hall, and they create a hook, you know, a hook and a shelf and whatever, and they go and they put their jacket on a hanger and they put their bag and they're supposed to do this stuff and they do it for a few days because it's a new plan and it's exciting and then eventually they're tired and they just go back to their old thing they do which is drop everything at the door and then there's a mess on the floor again and she says instead of training yourself to be a different person Mm -hmm. which is very hard and which a lot of creative people really really want to do like here's how I do things and here's how I want to do things and they're completely opposites and I'm just going to force myself to be a different person because we're so creative Um, instead of that she says put a coat rack where you drop your stuff and then Mm -hmm. you'll drop it you'll still drop it but it'll land on the coat rack instead of on the floor and you will have achieved your goal of not having a big mess on your floor right Mm -hmm. so this has been this sort of driving principle well so I was talking to Ellen Sussman because we're getting ready to teach revision at Sonoma County Writers Camp and as you know she is all about like just write your first draft, mm-hmm. like, without planning, just go for it. Although, it turns out she has all these questions, like, what's going to happen next? And things that create... Where am I right now? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's but she's very into that, and I'm much more into, like, using the tools that I've kind of mostly gotten through you about planning and structure to, to keep thinking about it and then kind of toggling between that. And I always do some, like kind of exploratory writing and even when you have your plan it ends up being exploratory writing right but mm-hmm. but I have this desire for a plan well since Ellen and I exercise together we sometimes stop at the grocery store on the way home and I was noting that like so the way she shops is like she has a list she knows exactly what she wants she has a way she walks through the market she knows where everything is and she just follows that plan exactly she's in and out super fast right because she's a planner and She's an executor of the plan. I tend to call you on the phone and wander around the store in different routes each time and ask you, do we have this and what about this? And then see things I grab. Which is a wildly, um, you know, when you call me, I'm often sort of like, I don't know. You're baffled. Yeah. Yeah. But this is my technique. And so note that... Ellen's and my shopping technique is like almost the exact opposite of our writing. writing. Right. Well, and I think what it is is that each of us is doing something to either counteract or or sort of our natural, Mm -hmm. to like break it open in some way. Mm -hmm. Like, so she is such a planner that she has to like give herself this complete freedom. And I'm such a wanderer that I need to, although I I am, I really am not just a wanderer, but in the grocery store I am, um, you know, that I need to give myself this structure. Okay. So I guess my question for today is, um, is, you know, is there this new angle on, um, kind of this idea of do, you know support who you are 
where maybe instead, like, you get to sort of break out of who you are when you're being creative. Like, okay, do you dig more deeply into who you are or do you break out of who you are in order to support creative production? And what's your experience been? How do you grocery shop? Well, I probably do it differently every time. (laughs) And I would also say that I am... I'm the kind of person who can walk into a store I've been in a thousand times and feel like, where am I? And also, I think that um, when I think about my own process, I don't like to repeat the same things. Like, I struggle Mm -hmm. with doing different things. And when I learned outlining, I was hugely resistant. But I had taken this class that was sort of expensive and I was just not going to not do the work because I had, and this is what Tony Robbins would call leverage, right? I think ultimately it, I don't know that that is like the most important question with regard to, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. No, no, I'm not. What I'm saying is that like, I think when you say like, is how you do everything, how you how you do anything, how you do everything. Do we create systems and processes to compensate for our weaknesses? Well, sure. Well, no, not that compensate for, but that kind of, or do, you know, is there just this one arena, creativity, in which rather than just, I mean, obviously I've seen huge amounts of value in digging into what you do and who well, you are and using you, that as a model. Let me ask you a question. So when you reflect on your own process... And you think about not shopping, but writing. Mm. What is, you know, what is your own thought in regard to your question? Like, how I mean, would you right. respond to that? Well, I mean, so, so just to go back to shopping for a minute, like, the truth is that I actually have a shopping list on my phone. You know, I try to have How this, you buy one thing is how you buy everything. Well, I mean, I think what's, here's what's true is I think that, um, that it was shopping for, you know, that, that, and writing that I toggle between chaos and order and list making and planning and then kind of interacting with what's actually there when mm-hmm. I'm when it's happening, right? And I think I think that's one of the, the sort of That's why you like a stir fry. <laughs> like we will get stir fries with like beets in them. And it's because you're like, what's in the fridge? I will make something out of that. Out of that chaos comes more chaos. Something else. <laughs> a delicious chaos dinner. But at least you're making dinner because I will go like, oh, what's in the fridge? Nothing. Meanwhile, it's like wall to wall vegetables. I'm like, there's nothing to eat in here. So. Yes. So I guess um I guess what I just want to say is like that there's there's this kind of there's room for this dialectic between really accepting who you are, which I think is such an important part of getting out mm-hmm. of your own way, you know, and and not having the drama be like, will I write? But just mm-hmm. like, what will what what have the drama be on the page and all of that? So there's like, but anyway, so there's like this huge thing to like just accepting yourself, embracing what you do, how you do it, the mm-hmm. whatever. And, and it's not this thing of like become your fantasy or like set up this impossible goal for yourself, but there is like maybe a little sort of free yourself. And so if you are like super free your mind and the rest will follow. If you're so, and I think, um, 
Yeah. So, well, it's, what this actually makes me think about is a book I'm listening to called "The Inner Game of Tennis." Oh, and now that you're playing a lot of the outer game of tennis, yes, I'm doing a lot, and I love it, and I never thought I would, and I totally do. <laughs> so, the inner game of tennis is you know from the '70s, right? There's nothing in there that you haven't heard before, but I've been thinking about what it's talking about, and again, I'm, I'm not all the way through it, so I'm sure there's going to be things that continue to come up. Match point. But with regard to what you're sort of describing right now, there's this piece about judgment in there. And, you know, we hear this all the time, right? That when, as soon as we judge something, we put a value on it, if it's good or bad, um, we personalize it. So we actually make it more difficult to um, actually just assess what it is, right? Mm. So rather than saying, like, how you, you know, so part of what's happening, right, is, like, I think what Julie Morgenstern is trying to do is say, and stop the negative judgment of yourself as a person who always drops stuff on the floor and just... Deal with it. Deal with what's in front of you. And the, you know, so she's like, put a coat rack there if that's who you are. Okay. Um, and at the same time, there are going to be places where if you were to really reflect on your process and you were to say, okay, great, I always schedule things for what I call my writing time. Well, that is something you should change. Like either you change the writing time or you change the scheduling. Oh, or, you mean if you other schedule other things for yeah, your writing time. Right. So right, you're right. scheduling like your dentist appointment. Right. Oh, that's during my writing time. So, but if you judge it, you don't actually change it, mm. right? So you end up in this situation where you're, uh, you know, like, oh, I scheduled it again, bad me. And that doesn't make you want to not schedule it. It makes you feel just bad about yourself, right? I love that, actually. Because today, in my class that I just taught, somebody who's a wonderful, wonderful writer, uh, you know, we, so we, we did wrote for 25 minutes, a whole scene, mm. and then um, I, I asked her to begin, and she said, you know, I didn't get anything. And I just said, I really? Really? And I was like, well, read us what, what, what didn't work. Read us the failure, right? Mm. So then she read it. It was fabulous. And it was like right. not even... It was like a page of fabulousness, right? right. So, um, and that's the judgment, right? Mm-hmm. And that judgment voice, which I, which I always say, like it's not, it's not your critic, it's not your editor. It doesn't know anything. All it knows is that you wrote. Well, I haven't out. actually finished okay. the whole, but I the just, whole deepness. Okay, I want. Okay, so I yeah. just want to, but I want to just put a pin in that moment of well, like what you're showing is an example of negative judgment, right? Right. Well, guess what? Positive judgment also inhibits you. So. Uh, the thing that I was sort of struggling with as I was walking the dog and listening to this book is like, well, okay. Uh, in his in the book, he gives this example of running a clinic for a group, and in the group, all he said was like, you know, just get the ball over the net, just get the ball over that, and that was all they had to do in this particular exercise and at the end and he didn't give them feedback and he didn't do anything and at the end like they had gotten something like 30 balls over the net and two of them were behind and he praised them and he said oh gosh you did a great job do you see how you did that whatever and what ended up happening is the next go round they did much worse because they came out of their sort of 
intuitive place with playing and into this um, judgmental place. And so he has a whole thing. And you've had used to have like the something in the brain. What was that that you did that you used to have as a framework? Something in the brain. Storyteller in the brain. You had oh, something. Yeah. yeah. So he's got a similar thing the where he talks about and the brain. There's two parts. And so he's he's and he says, like, when you he's like, I he became curious as a coach. And he's like, and we all do this, right? So you do something, you judge it as bad, and you say something like, you rolled your wrist again, mm. or you did this or whatever. He's like, who is you? Who is, you know, and he says like, okay, you're talking to yourself. And he's like, but there's distinctly two different parts. And what one is, is the conscious part of your self. And the other part isn't like intuitive in a woo-woo way. It's your nervous system. It's your, (laughs) you know, it's your actual responsing stuff. And so what ends up happening is your conscious brain isn't trusting your unconscious competence to do what it needs to do. So then that voice comes in and it's actually two parts of yourself reflecting, you know, back Fighting. fighting. But it was just sort of interesting because once you took the judgment out, and you just tried to notice what was happening. And then this happened for me today in my lesson. It was like, so I was playing and doing whatever. And my coach started talking to me. Great. Okay. So what was happening on the court? So I was playing a singles game. And um, where was I? Where, where was I standing? Not was it good or bad. Not was I right or wrong. Simply, where was I? Did I know where I was relative to my opponent at any point? Did I know where I was on the court? Could I, could I, you know, and it's about paying attention because when you judge, you shut off your attention, right? And then I think, well, okay, if you can't judge something as bad and you can't judge something as good, where's the fun? (laughs) Right? Because honestly, like part of the reason we do stuff is for that enjoyment, the enjoyment of good or of bad. Of praise, right? And, and right. of, you know, and there's so much that's about seeking praise and that positive reinforcement. And when you take the judgment out, really what you're left with is the experience, right? Do you remember, like, the PCIT, which I can't even remember what it stands for, but it's like a parenting. Parent-child interaction training or something. Yeah. So one of the tools, and they definitely had some elements of praise for sure right six seven positives for every negative and you right. could feel them doing it and they were like and you could feel how it was artificial and how it still felt really good and all of that but one of the things they did in special time where the parent and the child are playing together is um that the parent would just describe what they're doing mm-hmm. would just describe what the child was doing and maybe what you get from that is you get seen yeah you know more than if you're getting praised because there's that whole sort of and more than just so judgment shuts down observation right because we already know right and it's like well you don't know you're saying it's good or bad but what does that tell you it doesn't tell you anything it doesn't tell you are you close to where you want to be are you farther away it doesn't tell you what small tweaks and often that's what it is, right? That small tweak between success and failure, whatever we deem those things to be, uh, that will 
get there. But if you're saying like, I'm a bad writer. Well, hey, that's a giant generalization. How do you know you don't? And how do you get better? What is the thing that lets you know that you're moving in the direction you want to go? And if you don't pay attention, you'll never find out. So um, let's find a, let's wrap this up with a little, and then we'll move to steal this, but just um, what have we gotten from this? It's, it's, so it sounds like, you know, there are things to learn about supporting what you do. And the coat rack, by the way, is not just noticing, but it is actually putting a support in place. Like, mm-hmm. this is who I am. And then instead of changing yourself or praising or ch- chastising yourself, you are supporting that thing to transform it into something that works for you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a great tool. Um, and then, you know, stretching into another direction or another modality that is not your normal can be really helpful in creativity, mm-hmm. you know, Um and like you found that you, you really didn't like doing the same thing and all of that, but you found that finding this very deep kind of organic structure that could be described in a somewhat linear way was very helpful for you. Right. Even though you might think that would be counterintuitive to like the things that are organic to you. And I honestly think for myself, I had a negative, like what I would experience is a negative experience because I felt like I didn't know how to stop. I didn't know how to know when something was done. Yeah. And relationships, short stories. (laughs) um, Graduate school. school. (laughs) So having a framework to help me make those kinds of decisions actually was motivated by discomfort, right? So um, if I had just said, I'm a bad person because... I can't figure this out or I'm a bad person or I'm a bad writer because I'm missing a skill. That's kind of silly. Right. Right. And I would love to encourage all of us, including you and including me to try this week to observe our writing selves without positive or negative judgment and see what we actually discover. Mm-hmm. And it is time for steal this. Amateur, Amateur poets, poets borrow, borrow professional, professional poets steal. What have you come across in your readings and your wanderings that you would like to take and make your own? I think the thing that I'm going to work on this week is actually from the um, tennis book I was mentioning, which is to have faith. Faith. And so. That sounds religious. No. But it's to trust, right? So to so I can hear. Is there a direct object for that sentence? Yes. So let me just back up. So in that scenario, what they really describe is that you have a conscious mind that's not willing to trust your subconscious, intuitive self while you're playing. So rather than being into the, oh, I need to adjust this or do that or make that change or whatever, to simply notice, oh, that went out. I'm curious what will happen next. Mm. With writing, I think that trusting that the process, really. So we all know that writing is rewriting, right? We all know revision exists. We all know that that's like no one gets out of that 
development process without having to go back and have another opportunity. So the assumption that this opportunity has to be the best one, where we do the best work ever every time we sit down is kind of, again, not 100% accurate. So I think having faith and trusting the process that I know every single piece of writing has to go through. Right. You know, and when you talk about like your 12-step program stuff or whatever, you know, when one does, it's like that thing that's bigger than yourself. So if you were to have something that's bigger than yourself when it comes to uh, writing, guess what? The process is bigger than you as an individual at any moment. Yeah, I love that. Um, So I'm just... This is unusual for me, but I'm reminded of an, another sports story mm-hmm. that I think dovetails nicely, which you've, of course, heard before, um, which is that I, I must have been in like second grade or something and playing kickball with the class. And um, and I got an out and, you know, as I often did. And so I I thought out meant you had you were done, like you were out of the game. I thought that was what out stood for. So I would go and sit on the sidelines and be like, this is so stupid. And I wasn't very good, so I would hardly be in the game at all. (laughs) And and then one day somebody said to me, how come you quit every time you get an out? And I was like, oh, oh, it's not, it doesn't mean you're you're out of the game. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is a metaphor for the creative process. And that people often take one out, like striking out, as meaning you can't be part of the game anymore. Mm-hmm. And really, it just means like you're you got to go to the back of the line and keep going, right? And it's like, and I think that that is just really important. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that I just. Um, and you just weren't listening when they told you the rules? I don't know what happened there. <laughs> she was like, I was reading a book. Right. And that's probably I, why you get out all the time, too. You probably brought it I, up to the... I would stand in the way outfield and read a book. <laughs> <laughs> to someone who is outstanding in the field. Yeah. Anyway, um, so sports metaphors abound. All right, well, that's been our show for this week. Thanks so much for sticking with us. And again, go notice, 